Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Okay, everybody, welcome back. This episode is going to be talking about one thing, and the title might even shock you. But is God against self-isolation? And so what does that look like? What does the scripture say about it? How does God feel about you being alone on purpose? How this affects us, how it's affected our society, and how really, you know, the world that we live in actually endorses isolation, whether we realize it or not. And this episode may not be for you. It may be for someone that you know. This episode may not be for you in this moment right now in your life, but maybe it was how you used to be. And so I pray that this um, entire message, this entire podcast, every bit of content that you hear today, that you realize what you can use as a weapon against this so that the enemy ever tries to make you go back into this rut again, you see it for what it is, that the path be illuminated to where you're like, okay, God is not for that. If someone in your life speaks this into you, to be alone, like you just need to go be alone and it'll, that you know how to combat that, that you hear that for the demonic influence that it is, because I just want you to know that it's not right. So, but I don't want you to take my word for it. So we're going to read some scripture about it. Um, I really do believe that Satan is just in the business to destroy us, not just as a nation or as a world, but personally, how can he personally destroy us and he just wants to taint your relationship first with God. The fact that he can isolate you to make you be distracted being with the Lord, making you feel like God does not hear you, God does not care about you. These are things that he's going to throw in your mind whenever you're alone. So being around a body of believers is a must. The second thing I think that he wants to taint that I know he wants to taint is your relationships to make you mad at someone. Why? So that then you will isolate. To come in between your friendships your friendships with your, even relationships with your kids, your spouse, your coworkers, whoever. Guys, no friendship is perfect. No marriage is perfect. No parental relationship is perfect, okay? But they're meant for a purpose. And the enemy wants to destroy it so that then you're like, I can't trust anybody. Nobody loves me. I'm not capable of loving anyone. I don't know. I don't know what you hear during these seasons, but I'm just telling you, that's the goal. And the last thing that he wants to destroy is your discipleship your walk with God, your fellowship with others, and your discipleship. Because if you're being a disciple of Jesus Christ, that means you're trying to make disciples for Jesus Christ. And if he can taint your testimony, if he can bring sin into your life to make you feel unworthy of your calling, then you have no purpose in growing the kingdom of God. That is his true purpose. So I want to go into this with you just hearing this. This is going to be kind of raw. Um, I am an Enneagram 8, so I... I love people. I love people. I love being in union. And a lot of times the enemy even uses that because I will seek glorification from other people. I will seek relationships over mine with Jesus. And I can actually get distracted by relationships. So it's actually very pleasing to God whenever I withdraw from people. So I'm alone with him. So how does this look like in Christ? Because some of you right now are already thinking, you know what? This is bogus. This podcast is trash because Jesus went to be alone. You're right. Jesus went to be alone with God. Jesus never isolated himself from his followers. He never isolated himself from his friends and disciples, even his family, unless it was to be alone with the Father. That is necessary. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you being alone so the enemy will destroy you. I'm talking about you being alone out of bitterness. 
you being alone out of self-pity, you being alone out of from trauma. I mean, whatever the excuse is, whatever the reasoning, they may be valid, guys, but you still need communion with other people. We are meant as a society. God made us creatures of union, okay? We can't reproduce other life on our own. We can't flourish on our own. And so I'm going to read some scriptures on what God has to say about that in a little bit. But when it comes to anything with self, right now we're really going to, we're going to key in on the word self-isolation today. But I just want to bring out, like I did earlier, you know, self-pity, self-righteousness, self-betterness, all the things. Those are idols because we are thinking of ourselves more than we are with God. It's like, look at me, look at me. This is how I feel. This is how I'm important. This is what's going on with me. Instead of prioritizing the Lord as our master, not ourselves as master and Lord, but God is sort of saying like, look, you're my master. What do you say? When I wake up in the morning, God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to speak to today? How can I serve you today? Instead of, well, I don't feel like it. You see what I'm saying? That's an idol. And so I just want to use this entire time to just shine light on things that I have not always been aware of. Maybe you haven't always been aware of them. Maybe someone you know, like I said earlier, is not aware of them. They don't see this for what it is. So risk factors. I did a little bit of brief studies on this um, because I do like facts. I do like uh, statistics to be like, what does true science say about this? So risk factors of being self-isolated. First, I'm going to start with just the severity of it because studies show that along with smoking, drinking, and obesity, the other risk factor to premature death is self-isolation. Like, I didn't know that. Maybe you knew that. I did not know that. And I feel like the enemy using COVID and just the fear factor, right? The demonic presence of fear was so evident two years ago. And some people were still in that, like, I can't or I'm scared, uh, fear. Like your life, God knows he breathed life in you and only he knows the exact day that you're going to leave the earth. So going into every single day with fear is not good. Caution, that's one thing, okay? But fear, being truly scared, so many people because of COVID, it, the world made it easier. Like there's more stay-at-home jobs, work from home, and all those things can be okay. But you still don't, you still need to be with communion with other people. You don't need to allow that to be like, okay, I'm on day five and I'm getting groceries delivered and I haven't even seen people in how long. Why? I'm going to tell you. So just symptoms of this, okay? Symptoms of self-isolation. I want to read those off. This kind of shocked me. Boredom. So you're bored, but you don't want to be productive. So this is like, oh, I'm so bored, yet there's things I could do. I just don't want to do them. Okay, I'm bored. I don't have to be, but I want to be. But then on the flip side of that is you don't want for your brain to be idle. And so I think about like the old times, how this was probably not near as uh, evident, but right now it is because we have cell phones. So these are people that will literally stay in one spot, but yet they don't want to meditate. They don't want to pray. They don't want for their self to be able to have a conscience, right? So they keep their brain active with noise, even silent noise, going through Facebook, going through Instagram, playing online games. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is for everybody, but I'm just saying like, you don't want for your brain to be idle, yet you're bored. You're not functioning. You're not doing the daily task that you think you ought to do, okay? 
I'll be the first one to say, like, I'm going to let laundry stack up for a few days, okay? Like, I'm no one's perfect. But this is not because, like, oh, I don't have anything else that I am doing. It's just that I want to prioritize other things over that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, there's nothing to do, but yet you do have things to do. Okay, that's number one. Loss of interest in personal hygiene. This hits a lot of women postpartum, okay, because you don't have a reason to have to get up and do much, right? Same thing like I talked about working from home. You know, maybe if you're on a Zoom call, you need to be having your face done and your hair fixed. But most people don't anymore, okay? Like, let's quit taking pride in that I'm on day nine of dry shampoo, okay? Like, let's check your pillowcase. I'm just, like, I know it sounds funny, but it's serious. Think about these things, you know? Like, thank God for stretchy pants and leggings. But ladies, if we are wearing spandex way too often, we're not realizing that our real pants don't fit, right? Like, I'm just saying, like, I literally see people with such lack of hygiene, and but but I never associate it with them being self-isolated. Then paranoia sets in, but I'm not going to get into the brain things yet. Okay, loss of interest in personal hygiene. If this is you, this is a wake-up call. Poor eating and nutrition habits. You just don't care. You don't care what you're putting in your body. You don't care how indulgent you are. You don't care about gluttony. Um, you don't care about self-harm. This is a product of self-isolation because you really don't see a reason in not doing something. So how you feel, how your brain is active, you're really not seeing just the depreciation of what you are consuming as far as nutrition goes because you're not, you're not being active. So you're not saying like, oh, I'm not thinking sharply. Oh, I'm a sluggard. Oh, I can't really walk as far as I used to could. Why? Because you're self-isolated and you're depressed. So you're not doing the things like you used to do. So you're not seeing the effects that this bad nutrition is having on you. Social withdrawal. I think that's a no-brainer, right? Like if I'm self-isolating, I am choosing to withdraw socially. Things you used to attend, you're not going to go. Like you're not going to go. Every excuse in the book, you don't even at this point you don't even have to have an excuse, right? Like you are not going. You are not going. And another reason why is because you're socially anxious. So I don't want to go because I get anxiety whenever I'm around crowds or I get anxiety whenever I'm this. Guys, we can look for all kinds of reasons to be anxious. But you being self-isolated is only increasing these things. You think everybody's looking at you. Everybody's talking about you. You're paranoid, right? Like the brain is so affected with self-isolation. Paranoia is super, super, super. I mean, it's at the top. I'm going to go into back to the brain issues now. A wreck sleep cycle. I'm sorry if this is boring you, but this is so factual. And this is so apparent in our world today. Like this needs to be said. A wrecked sleep cycle, Okay. When you're isolating self, like you don't even know what time of day it is. Your whole, every day is just kind of monotonous. Like there's no reason I'm really doing this. I'm just doing it out of habit. I don't even care. I have no purpose. If it's evening, if it's night, if I wake up at 3 a.m., who really cares? Because I really could probably sleep until one tomorrow. Self-isolation, okay? If your sleep cycle is wrecked, go get that checked out. Go figure out like, do I need to be more active? Why is my body not tired? Or a lot of people like, my mom, she's always had a desk job. And so she's her brain is physically exhausted, even though she hasn't done anything physical. Some people may do something that's physical, but they may not be operating their brain very much. You see what I'm saying? But like a wreck sleep cycle is like you cannot, you cannot sleep. The next one, illness and a weakened immune system. 
I kind of was thrown back by this because I was like, why would your immune system be weak if you're self-isolating? You're not around any form of sickness. You're not around any form of disease or anything. Like you're not getting germs because you're self-isolating. But your immune system gets so weak. I had no clue um, that that actually did that. So this is actually prompting you then. The devil uses it. I swear this is demonic presence because it wants you to stay isolated through sickness. I'm not saying all sickness is a demonic influence. I'm not saying that at all. But I just want us to be aware of like, okay, there's no reason that I should be this way. There's no reason I should be sick all the time. So the point, conclusion of all these different factors, all these different risks, all these different effects on yourself is that self-isolation opens you up to spiritual attack. People on around you, they're not staying in tune with you. Like, oh, is she upset today? Oh, I haven't seen her in a while. There's no accountability there. There's nobody checking on you. You don't want to be checked on. This is the issue at hand. So what does God say about it? Even the garden, from the beginning of time, she was alone whenever the serpent came and talked to her. We know this in Genesis 2, right? But then when God created man, he said, Genesis 2, 8, it is not good for man to be alone. So he created a partner. So if God says it is not good for man to be alone or woman to be alone, God clearly wants for us to be in communion with people, okay? He wants for us to be with each other. There's something special that happens in that. Ecclesiastes 4 also talks about it. Two are better than one so that they can have help. This isn't just talking about marriage. This isn't just talking about covenant. This isn't just talking about this is talking about union, like being with people is good. Romans 12, 5. I'm going to read this one. For just as one, just Romans 12, 5. So in Christ, we, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. And then it goes into the different gifts that we have. But the whole reason that we are made as one body is because we need each other. Okay. We can't function alone. The body of Christ is not meant to properly function. It has to be functioning together, not just one. If your hand is working, but your foot's not working, it's not being compatible. It's not functioning properly. We all have different things that we bring to the table, guys. The quiet person at the table brings something. The person that talks at the table brings something. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have different purpose, not just in the church, but in the body of Christ, which is all of all of believers, to be able to love on each other, to serve each other. Like Jesus came to be a servant, y'all. To serve who? Serve people. He came to heal people from their iniquities. He came to break bread with people that he loved. He came to suffer a, lot, a death on a cross. For what? For people. And so as disciples, if we're supposed to be an imitation of Christ, why would we think that we need to isolate ourselves to where we are no benefit to the ones around us? Your community needs you. Your family needs you. Your kids need you. The world needs you. Because God has placed something so special in you that only you can bring to the table. He wants you. He died for you. So that you could have purpose in Him. And so that He could do things through you. So I want to read a verse in Proverbs. It's going to be Proverbs 8.1. This is what the wisdom, okay? Like Proverbs is full of wisdom. We know that. If you've never read Proverbs, go check it out. But Proverbs 18.1 says this. One who has isolated himself, some versions say unfriendly, 
someone who doesn't want to be around people, okay? One who has isolated himself seeks his own desires and rejects all sound judgment. So someone who is unfriendly doesn't want to be around other people. They're actually really selfish. Self-isolation breeds selfishness. You only care about you, what you want to do. You don't care that you're not going to go, but you don't care about the person that really wants for you to be there, how it makes them feel, how rejected that they feel, all because you're wanting to isolate on your own. It's not good. It causes resentment, causes judgment. But when you're being selfish, you really don't care. And then the, the end of that verse, and it make and they reject all sound judgment. Our depression and our isolation makes us want no advice. We don't want any advice. Anything anybody tries to say, well, they just don't understand. I'm going to make up another excuse. Excuses are the armpit, y'all. Like nobody, nobody wants to hear that. The people that are in your life trying to give you advice are trying to encourage you because they miss you and they love you. And I pray if this is you that you start to listen, like just listen. Just be like, wow, they really didn't have to take time out of their day to want to conversate with me or to encourage me or lift me up. You're feeling condemned, but guess what? If this has been you or if this is you or this used to be you, just know that Romans 5.8 tells us there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. But let's repent from this. Let's realize that this is the devil at work in our life, that we don't want to be like this anymore, and that we get to have power through Christ in us to get to tell the devil no. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I want for you to ask yourself, think of someone in this world that you truly love. One person that you were like, you know what? They mean so much to me. I can't imagine life without them. Who is that for you? A friend or a spouse or your child? Someone that you truly, truly love. I love them so much. Think about them. Now, what would you do if everything I've talked about today was on that person? How heavy would that make you feel? Would your heart ache for them? Then that's all the more reason we have to keep ourselves out of this pit because of Jesus. Only in him and through him are we capable to say like, you know what? No. I'm not, I'm not taking this bait anymore. This ship is not going to sink because Christ is in the boat with me. So we defeat it. 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to bring every single thought captive. We have the power to say, okay, I know where this is coming from. I'm surrendering it to Jesus. Jesus, you do what you want to with it. You can speak affirmations on yourself. I'm chosen. I'm loved. I'm not forsaken. I'm not abandoned. Christ died for me. I'm a co-heir with Christ. You are important to him. Speak these affirmations because that's what Jesus did in the desert when the enemy was attacking him. He spoke scripture. Speak those scriptures. The enemy knows what they are. He knows who wrote them and who speaks life into them. They have power. Speak affirmations. Know what God says about you because you have nothing to combat the devil if you don't know what scripture says. Go read it. I don't even care if you Google. Y'all, we all have access to a cell phone. Go Google. Affirm, biblical affirmations. Speak life into yourself. Know that you have the power and the clarity to be able to do that. His word is powerful. And this is how you loose the works of the enemy. Matthew 16, 19 says that everything 
that is bound together on birth will be bound in heaven. Bind up all the trauma, all the regret, all the shame, all the guilt, whatever it is that has you in self-isolation, the pain, the hurt, the rejection, everything that has made you want to shrink and be alone. Bind that up and you cast it. Cast it. Cast it away in Jesus' name and say the enemy has no, this is not a tool. This is not a tool that the devil's going to use at me anymore. And see and watch what God does in your life. See and watch how different you look at yourself in the mirror. See and watch how the others around you see something new in you. They see light in you. They see life back in you. And if you have been someone who has overcome something like this in your life, please take today and as an opportunity and God whispering in your ear to reach out to someone you see suffering from this. It's such a real thing. I pray that today that these scriptures that I read to you bring some clarity on where you think God stands with it. You know, I had somebody tell me one time, you know, I'm just going to be alone. I'm just going to pull myself away and I'm going to be alone and I'm going to be with the Lord. Okay, I pray that you are with the Lord. But if you are with the Lord, I know what the Lord commands and that's to be in communion with other people. Know his word. Know what it says. Know the power that it holds. And if anyone is telling you to go be alone, look at the fruits of that person's life because that's not coming from Jesus. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He came back for you. And guess what? He's going to come back so that we can dwell with him in the heavenly realms. And I'm just, I'm excited to see what God's going to do through this episode in your life and those around you. And I just pray blessings over you and to know that God is going to keep you and just bestow his peace upon you. I hope this episode encouraged you and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening, and I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.